I'll tell you, I don't know about you, but last Sunday's message began to just stir something in my spirit. Pastor Jamil so laid a powerful foundation um, for my sermon for today. But it, there was a whole lot more, because I know it ministered to each and every one of us. And I want to I wanna just, just give a part two. It's really going to be like part two. If you did not hear last Sunday's message, God with us, go online and find that uh, through our Facebook page, YouTube channel, website. You can get into the archives. All of our services are there. And listen to that message because it was a powerful message. Pastor Jamil just showed us how powerful this powerful God, this one true and living God, great and terrible and at times dangerous, wants to be with you and me. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what the Christmas message is. I mean, Jesus came. It was God coming to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. God so loved the world that he gave his son. Why? That through the son, God could be with you and me. Through the son, Jesus, sin would no longer separate us from God. Through the gift of his first child, God would now be able to have many children. Jesus, the first begotten of God, born, carried out his earthly purpose and died and was planted like a seed in the ground and through his resurrection, God could have many sons and daughters that he could be with. So I'm going to give you a part two, Pastor Jamil. Thank you for allowing me to do that today, <laughs> even though I didn't tell him anyway. Today's title, I just want to build and go a little deeper. I want to, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I want Pastor Jamil's message after I finish to become more personal to each and every one of us. Because my message, he was God with us last Sunday. This Sunday, God saying, I am with you. I want to just zero in on that a little bit more today. We look all the way back into the Garden of Eden and immediately upon God breathing life into Adam, it wasn't soon after that that God looked at the man Adam and said, it's not good that you be alone. It's not good that you be alone. And he made a woman and he gave her to the man so that from that moment on, man could look at her and say, you are not alone. And she could look at him and say, you are not alone. And God could look at us all and say, you are not alone, for I am with you. There was a very popular song by a former well-known artist. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date myself here. That's all right. I'm 60. It is what it is. So there was a very popular song back, released back in 1990, sung by Bette Midler, that said, God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us. This is where she got it all wrong. From a distance. And there are so many people, I mean, that was reflective of a lot of the cultural mentality of God then and still to this day. Yeah, God is somewhere out there, somewhere, watching us from a distance. No, He's not <laughs> just somewhere out there. He is God with us as we respond to that. He is saying to every one of us today, I am with you. You are no longer alone. L let me just take a little bit of a detour here and say that the spirit of 
when the spirit of Antichrist seized upon the COVID virus, the spirit of Antichrist, that's when it became the evil that it is. Because the spirit of Antichrist is a spirit of death. People were told, or still being told, stay home as much as possible. Take the vaccine or you'll die. Keep the masks on even when you're alone and driving in your car. I mean, there are some that have went so far as to say, even if you're having a Zoom meeting, wear your mask on Zoom. This has just gone beyond crazy. And, and it's continuing to be crazy. To survive, you better stay locked in your home as much as you can. Don't interact with other people. In other words, this spirit of Antichrist message that's attached itself to the COVID message would say this, remain alone and you will survive. Remain alone and you will remain alive. I'm saying to you on the contrary, remain alone, alone long enough and you will die. God was very clear all the way back in the Garden of Eden. He was very clear when he said it's not good that man should be alone. Now for all of those who locked down, shut in, stayed behind closed doors month after month after month after month, when they started coming out, for those who did, they're coming out, they came out depressed. They came out suicidal. The suicide rate in America is higher than ever before in our history. And higher than ever before among pastors. Many came out addicted. Many came out lonely. In other words, many came out still breathing, but not truly alive. Extended periods of being alone lead to all kinds of evils. Much worse than the COVID virus. No wonder God reassured his servants time and time again with the words, I am with you, like Pastor Jamil reminded us of last Sunday. And that really is the Christmas message, and let's look at it. And let's look at it. I love the Christmas stories from the Gospels in the King's English. I don't know, just something that seems it makes it more regal. That's just me, anyway. Tolerate it if you don't like the King James. We're going to read the King's English, Matthew 1, starting in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus... Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost then Joseph her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately but while he thought on these things behold the angel of the Lord now when the angel of the Lord you see that before Jesus that's a, that, that's a, 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 a pre-incarnate work of the Son, the angel of the Lord. Sometimes you'll say the an, an angel, uh, a messenger, but no, this is the phrase, angel of the Lord, appeared unto him in, in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save their, his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of, by the Lord, spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, prophet Isaiah, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 
Now, if you take the promise of God with us and you limit it to his omnipresence, the omnipresence of God, meaning that God is everywhere all the time. If you limit this understanding God with us, well, yes, God is, yeah, yes, God is with us. He's everywhere. He's with the world. But you'll never experience and unlock the power in it because you won't make it personal. And that's what I pray by the help of the Spirit happens for all of us today. You've got to grasp that promise with all of your heart and soul that the God who says, I am with us, I am with everyone everywhere, is saying to you, I am with you. I am with you. And understand, before there was a God with us, there was a God who came just to one person. Mary, we just read it. And he said to Mary first, he said, I am with you. Before God came to us, before he was Emmanuel, God with us, he came to one person, Mary, and said to her, I am with you. That's Luke chapter 1, a couple of verses there, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. That virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. How personal that was. Before he was with us, before he was with everyone, he came to one named Mary. He, he said, my ultimate goal is how I'm going to come into this world, is how it's going to all start with you. I'm going to come to you as one person first. So the God who is present everywhere, the God who is present all over the world, that warrior God, that dangerous God, that terrible God, Scripture says that fearless God, that all-knowing and all-powerful God, as Pastor Jamil showed us last Sunday, is the God who says to you personally, I am with you. Man, think about that. Get a hold of that and all the fullness of its meaning. The God who feeds the birds of the air feeds you. The God who cares for all creation cares for you. The God who hung the sun, the moon, and the stars, he's mindful of you. The God who transcends time and space has time for you. <coughs> that means that if you need the healer, the healer is with you. If you need peace, the Prince of Peace is with you today. If you need provision, Jehovah Jireh, your provider, is with you today. If you need life, the resurrection and the life is with you today. If you need hope, the living hope is with you today. If you need vision, the giver of sight is with you today. If you need a word, the living word is with you today. If you need direction, the one who said, I am the way, is with you today. You see, before David heard the voice of Goliath, he heard the voice of God saying to him, I am with you. Before those three Hebrew boys heard the voice of that fire screaming from that furnace, they heard the voice of their God saying, I am with you. 
before Daniel heard the voice of those lions, he heard the voice of God saying to him, I am with you. Before Stephen heard the voices of those who were stoning him, he heard the voice of God saying to him, I am with you. Before Paul and Silas heard the voice of the prison guard, they heard the voice of God saying to them, I am with you. Before you listen to all the they-sayers, the they-sayers around, be sure you listen to the only voice that matters today. The only voice today that is a settled voice. Be sure you hear the voice of your God because he's saying it, I am with you. And if you will open up your ears of faith today, I promise you, you will hear God saying to you, I am with you. That's the message of Christmas this great and dangerous God, this God who has no rival and he certainly has no equal, this God who uses the earth as his footstool, this God who speaks a word and darkness becomes life or light, this God who came to the earth wrapped in swaddling clothes of flesh and blood came so that he could say to you and say to me today, I am with you, I am with you. And also he adds this, I will never, never leave you or forsake you. Man, I got to just zero in on that for a few minutes. He says, I'm with you, but I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Folks, there is, for some of you in this room today, there is nobody else in your life right now, not even a husband or a wife. that ever said that to you and stuck by it. There are a lot of folks in your life that are with you right now. <laughs> they're with you for the moment. They're with you through the crisis. Oh, they're with you for the party. They're coming for the graduation. They're with you for the wedding. They're with you for the time being. But one by one by one, they all move along, and you don't see them anymore. But you know something with just one glance? Oh, there you are. You will see the God who is still with you. Still with you. And if God is still with you, He is for you. And if He is for you, who can be against you? I know the Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody right now saying, even though your father or your mother or maybe even both are no longer with you, I am still with you. Even though your son or your daughter is no longer with you, I, God is saying, I am still with you. Even though that friend is no longer around, God is saying to you right now, I'm still around. I am with you. Even though you cannot see me, I am with you. Even though you may not even feel me, I am holding your hand right now. Come on, somebody. I'm standing here today trying to tell somebody, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because he is with you. Hallelujah. Yes, you can. Because God is with you. And how do we know this? We know this because God says it, promises it. And whatever he says is settled. That means that when you go into the room and shut the door, you are still not alone. No matter what room it is, 
for he is with you. If that room is a prison cell, God is with you. If that room is a pig pen, God is with you. If that room is a hospital room, God is with you. If that room is a funeral home, God is with you. If that room is a chemo treatment, God is with you. If that room is a divorce court, God is with you. If that room is a bankruptcy court, God is with you. If that room is a repossession, God is with you. For you are not alone. God is with you. And he will never, never, ever leave you nor forsake you. This thing about being forsaken, Jesus makes it very clear. Another sign that we're near the end is that people are going to turn and forsake and hate one another. People that used to love one another, people that used to be with one another, Jesus said that they're going to turn away from the faith, they're going to betray and hate each other. That's what it means to be forsaken by someone. That's why God is so specific. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Because forsake means this, to abandon, to push aside, or to cast away. And folks, we are in a time where it's not a bad thing when somebody forgets you. I forget people all the time. God help me. But some of the people I've forgotten, I have not forsaken them. There's a big difference. To be forgotten, don't be offended by that. There's too many people coming and going in our lives to re remember every name and every detail and every time you, you know, oh, who was that again? What, uh, but that doesn't mean you have forsaken them. There's a big difference. God says, I will never leave you. I believe that's like saying I will never forget you. But he goes further and says, I will never forsake you, meaning I'll never deny you. I'll never push you aside. I'll never cast you away. We're in a time where people are not just forgetting one another, but they're forsaking one another, which is much worse. Jesus said many would do that in the last days. They would turn away from their faith. They would forsake one another, betray, and even come to hate one another. That's why God says, I'll never leave you. But he goes on to say, I'll never forsake you. Let's read a couple, just a couple of verses from Isaiah. Isaiah 41, 17. The poor and the needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. Isaiah 42, verse 16. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them. I will make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do because I will not forsake them. Wow. The God who is with us is with me. He will not ever, never forsake me. He is with you and he will never forsake you. He's a father to the fatherless. Even if your own father has forsaken you, God the Father will never forsake you. He's a husband to the husbandless. 
That means that even if your husband has forsaken you, God will never forsake you. And that means that he sees you and he hears you. When you pray, he is listening. He is watching and he is speaking into your life. You see, God is not a silent partner. Jeremiah 33, 3, many of us could quote it. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you, this is the part I love, tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The God who is with me does that for me. He hears me when I call. He answers me when I call. He tells me great and unsearchable things I do not know. This is just another description of the God who is with me. The Holy Spirit in me searches the unsearchable God and reveals to me great and unsearchable things I did not know. God dropped this in my spirit as I was just praying before the service about me. And I just felt like he said, just warn the people right here, beware of ungodly counsel. Do not sit under ungodly counsel it is by the spirit of god that truth and wisdom come to us the holy spirit searches the heart of god let's just be reminded of that paul writes it to us in first corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 however as it is written what no eye has seen what no ear has heard what no human mind has conceived the things god has prepared for those who love him these are the things now, don't miss that. What things? What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived. How can the ungodly have anything to say to you? We need things the human mind. We need answers the human mind has never even conceived of. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things. Look at this. Even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. And what are these things revealed to me by His Spirit? What are these great and unsearchable things this God who is with me will show me? Verse 9 was clear, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, neither what any human mind has even conceived. Wow. When we understand this is the God who, when you understand this is the God who is with me. He searches, the Spirit searches that, that God and reveals to me the things unsearchable, revealed by His Spirit. Those kinds of things that we need in this hour to serve Him, to walk close to Him, to walk in holiness before our God. We will understand these things, things that He has freely given to us. My friend, if He, if he is the Prince of Peace and He is with you, what does that mean about your peace? What does that mean regarding your peace? If the Prince of Peace is with you. If he's the healer and he's with you, what does that mean about your healing? If he is Jehovah Jireh and he's with you, what does that mean about your provision? 
if he owns the cattle of a thousand hills and he is with you, what does that mean about your need? If he is the God of all comfort and he's with you, what does that mean about your grief? If he is the living water and he's with you, what does that mean to your thirst? If he is a miracle worker and he's with you, what does that mean to your impossible situation? Hallelujah. That God is with you and he's with me. You know what? If, if fear wants to come for a visit, come on. But just understand this fear. You won't stay long because God is with me. We don't have any extra room around here for fear. This dwelling place here is holy. And fear is anything but holy. I'm trying to tell somebody today that this God who is with you is an ever-present, in-the-moment help in your time of need. I shared an exhortation that keeps coming up in my spirit a few weeks ago. Two or three Sundays ago now, something like that about just going along with the crowd. But you know, this is a crowd. Don't even come up in here and just go along with the crowd. Engage your heart and engage your spirit. Those that worship him have to worship him in spirit and in truth. And if you're the only one hungry, that's all right. Let your hunger be known to God. Don't just go along with the crowd. The they sayers. <laughs> Can you imagine what this crowd experience of worship will be like when we gather if each one of us gets a fresh revelation today of just what it means that God is with me. He's with me. I mean, what would that mean to our unity if we all have the understanding God is with me. He came in this place with me and he's going out of here again with me. And we all worship with that revelation, we all praise Him with that revelation, we all give with that revelation. What would that do to our unity? What would that do to our faith? What would that do to the level of expectation in these meetings? What would that do even to our fellowship when everyone hears God saying, I am with you? Hallelujah. Jesus was very intentional with the disciples to make sure they understood that. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Folks, that's what the Christmas story is. The coming, God coming down from heaven to earth through his son to be with you and to be with me so that we are never alone again and never forsaken. Ecclesiastes has a little bit of wisdom. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 in the King's English. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falls. For he has not another to help him up. I'm so thankful to know that when I fall, I'm not alone. 
he is with me to pick me up again. How horrible is it is to be alone when you fall, for there's no one to pick you up. Jesus himself fell under the scourge of the Roman soldiers. He fell under the weight of the cross. He fell in death, but he got back up again because he was not alone. The Father was with him and lifted him back up to life again. When David fell, he was not alone. God picked him up again. When Peter fell, he was not alone. Jesus helped him stand up again. If there's anybody listening to me right now who knows what it is to have Jesus pick you up when you fall, hallelujah. So you see, I encourage you today, don't remain alone with your fear, alone with your anger, alone with your hurt, alone with your addiction. Do not remain alone with your rejection, alone with your pain, alone with your despair. He's knocking on the door of your heart right now because he wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. I pray that somebody, somebody can hear the voice again of the angel of the Lord saying, fear not, for behold, I bring you and you and you and you and you and me good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you and you and you and you and you and me is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. God is with us, but he is saying, I am with you. I'm with you. You're not alone. I'm with you, and I will never leave you. The company left, the business left, the money left. The friends left. Somebody in here, maybe the spouse even left. Maybe a parent left. Hear the Lord saying, because he is saying, I'm with you. I have not left you. You are not alone. And I will be with you to the very end. Let me tell you something. Me and God is a majority. I said, you and God is a majority. <clears throat> I want us to bow our heads. Folks, it's as simple as that. That is Christmas. That's the story of Christmas. God saying, I'm with you. I came through, through Jesus to, so I could be with you. And personally, not, again, <clears throat> you got you to get a hold of this personally. Don't get stuck with just, the, he's with the crowd, he's with us, he's with the whole world, he's omnipresent, God is everywhere. No, that omnipresent, all-powerful, all-knowing, great and terrible and fearless and warrior God is with you. Who can be against you then? What can be against you then? 